The Stage Door Show. Celebrating the independent artist. With your host, Dave Hondell. Hey, this is Marielle Kraft, and you're listening to The Stage Door Show with Dave Hondell. I'm gonna open up my window, say it till I let go. Anything to make this heartbreak shrink. Move out of your city, burn all of our memories. Less of you means more of me. So I'll do anything to make this heartbreak shrink. Hi everybody, welcome to the Stage Door Show tonight. This is Dave Hondell. I'm excited tonight. We have uh, indie pop artist with us, Marielle Kraft. Marielle, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. You know, I appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, we'd like to celebrate the indie artists on our show and, and definitely love the stuff that I saw on, uh, on social media. Uh, so I'm a new fan, of course, um, hey. but <laughs> but I wanted to kind of get into, um, you know, basically I, I know you're out of Nashville and that's a, a big market for a lot of indie artists. It's not just country music, uh, a lot of indie artists, a lot of rock artists. So, you know, kind of talk about moving to Nashville because I know you were a teacher before and you kind of left that to, to kind of pursue your dreams. So talk about moving to Nashville and how it's been the last few years for you. Yeah, I moved at a really interesting time. I moved um, in late 2020. So as we know, the world was in a cr- pretty crazy time, especially in 2020. Um, so from the visits that I had taken down to Nashville in 2018 and 2019, kind of while I was teaching and while I left teaching, when I was starting to get myself um, like acquainted as a songwriter, I took a couple trips down to write some songs. And that Nashville was different than the Nashville I moved into. That Nashville had a lot of events every night. There were shows every night and a lot of networking stuff and everybody was meeting up all the time. And so when I came back home and was like, okay, end of 2020, when my lease ends, I'm moving to Nashville. That Nashville was wildly different. It was obviously very closed off. Everyone was still writing over Zoom, even if we lived two blocks from each other. Um, So finally, in the last few months, things have opened up more. And yeah, there really is a lot more scenes here than just the country scene. Specifically for me, I'm I'm writing in the pop scene. That's most of my music is pop music. Um, and so it's been really cool to meet people here, especially since the pop scene is growing. A lot of people are moving here even more recently than I have in the last year. So it's starting to compete a little bit with LA and New York, which is really fun and it gives us something to work for. You know, and also uh, just talking to a lot of artists on the Nashville. I mean, the one thing that I that I get from Nashville is that the you know there, there's not really a competition. Everybody kind of helps each other. There's a lot of support within the music community, which you don't always see in the bigger markets. So talk about that a little bit. You know, and not just songwriting, but performing, and uh, talk about the support that you get. You know, and also give to each other in Nashville. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, it's really all about collaboration here. When I was living outside of Nashville in Delaware and in Maryland, I did everything alone. And that was something I prided myself in because I was like, I have all these different kinds of skills. I'm doing this all on my own. I'm a one woman team. But really, that's not as celebrated here because what's celebrated is having your community of people who work together towards something. So that's been an adjustment for me in a really cool way. Now I have, you know, a group of co-writers that I trust and go to with my songs and we create them together. I have producers that I work with and photographers that I've met who shoot all my stuff because I love the way that they shoot and um and it really really is a team effort here and it's you know it's not celebrated to do it alone here it's really meant to be 
how many people can you involve to make it even better than what you could have done alone, which has been really cool. Yeah, that's well said. I think, you know, that's an important thing for our indie artist listeners out there that, you know, I think a lot of times people think that you have to do it all yourself. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the indie way to do things. You know, I do this on myself mm-hmm. as well, so I get that. But it's nice to have that support and to be able to trust people because I think a big thing is trust when you put a team together because not only are they helping you but you can help them when they need it and and you know that they're not going to you know take your ideas or you know run with something that you came up with especially I think in the music business that that's a big deal uh, so talk about being an indie artist and and uh, you know kind of doing things on your own you know because at the end of the day it really is you're yeah. kind of a one-person show it's tasking sometimes to do stuff like that by yourself right yeah, something I really had to learn is that the creating of the actual music is probably 15 to 20% of my job, and most of it is what I'm going to do with what I created. And I have to come up with that plan, I have to execute that plan, I have to schedule out the shoots and you know the photo shoots, the video shoots. Usually I'm the one editing and putting together the marketing plan because you got to pinch pennies when you can. Yeah. Um, and especially now, like with social media, you have so much immediate feedback that when I put something out or if I post something, most of the time people are commenting and kind of telling me how they feel about it for better or for worse. Yeah. And that without a manager who usually is supposed to do that for you too, that helps to create a compass for people who are indie artists who might not know exactly what to put out. TikTok especially, you know, like a few songs that I've put out like Second Coffee and We Were Never Friends only came out because I posted a clip on TikTok the day I wrote it and then tons of people were like, where is the song? I need it out. That wasn't even a contender for me to bring it to the studio. It was fun, but I had other songs I had in the pipeline. But it's been so cool to be able to bring even perfect strangers into my story as an indie artist to, even if I don't have a manager or whoever to help me make decisions, the public is, which is such a cool era that we're in right now that allows me to do that. I think, uh, you know, that's a great point because sometimes when, as creators, you know, sometimes we create something, we're like, oh, this is going to hit. And then something else we do that's like, oh man, I wish I could have done this better, but I'm going to put it out anyway because I have to put it to bed, you know, go on to the next thing. Sometimes that's the one that hits and you just don't, you just don't know. And I think, you know, art isn't, they, they really say it's in the eyes of the beholder. I, th- I really believe that. I don't know about you, yeah. but as an artist, I mean, sometimes we just don't know. We have to kind of have faith. The audience is going to you know tell you what's good and it's not always what you think, right? Absolutely. And I think too, like, you know, you know how sometimes in a, in a stadium, for example, if you've ever seen a major concert in like an arena or a stadium, there's no way 60,000 people can carry a tune. Right. But when all 60 are singing along to a song, it sounds great. Correct. And like it usually levels out to be a, the right sound, you know? I feel the same with feedback online. Like the more voices I have in, you know, it can get a little precarious sometimes with letting too many people in. Right. But if I put up a song and like two comments say, oh, this is trash, but 3,000 say I really love this, those are the ones to me that are the more general consensus. Yeah. So... TikTok is great for that, but at the end of the day, like I'm never going to put out something I'm not proud of. So it's great when it aligns that I'm proud of something and other people like it. Um, but you know, you have to be careful with not putting out something that you can't get behind because sometimes that can become your legacy before you choose it to. You know. Yeah, for sure. What? How are you with taking? The negative feedbacks. I know in in the public eye, sometimes you know <laughs> there's 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 some people out there that are going to tell you things that maybe aren't as as um you know nice. I guess the way they put things. Mm-hmm. So how do you as an artist? How do you take that feedback? And how do you? I mean, are you able to just brush it off? Because I think sometimes as creators, sometimes we can be sensitive, but you know you almost have to have a thick skin, right? 
in this business? You do. You really, you really do. It's wild. It's such a dichotomy because you have to be vulnerable and sensitive to create this art and yet so tough with such a thick skin in order to handle the feedback of what you create. So it's kind of a lot of whiplash emotionally. Um, but that's when, when it really helps to have a support system and like a circle of people you do trust. So yeah. when the internet and perfect strangers who don't know your story, who don't know your intentions, who might be, you know, ignorant or bigoted or whatever, if they say things that impact you a certain way, you can always go back to your support system and be like, all right, am I crazy or is this person right or wrong? And they're like, no, you're, you know, you're doing, we know your heart. We know who you are. You're doing what you're doing. But there are definitely times, I mean... There are some days when I get down about what some people say, but for the most part, I've been very lucky that most of it's been largely positive, um, which I know I'm rare in that case, but I feel grateful for that. You know, and the, the other thing is is working with like, collaborating with other people, and and um, you know talk about that process because I I think you know a lot of people want to collaborate with certain people, like you know like if you you know like you have a dream person that you want to collaborate with, so for you, who would that person be and why? Taylor Swift, hands down. She's the reason I started music at all. Mm-hmm. At 13, I saw her play live. She was actually the opener when I saw her for the first time. She was opening for Rascal Flats. I think oh, that was wow. the last time she opened in her entire career. Yeah, um, She was like 18. But I remember I went to that show and it inspired me so much to, as a, also a teenager, yeah. to be able to channel what was going on in my life through an art form. I knew that I could kind of carry a tune. I liked to shower, sing, but I didn't play any instruments. So I got a guitar for my 13th birthday and learned a couple chords. And it wasn't really till high school when I started like having a little bit of perspective in my life that I started writing songs. Um, so I would definitely love to collaborate with Taylor because she's started it all for me. Um, but I think too, like one of the more up and coming songwriters, I don't know if you know who JP Sachs is, but I love, love, love JP Sachs. Sure. Love the way he writes, love his honesty and lyrics. And I think it'd be really cool to create with him too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's a lot of new up and coming artists that I think are just amazing. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for our future to have some great songwriters and, and singers, you know, um, coming out on the scene, uh, which is great. I think, you know, radio is kind of in a way to me going by the wayside, but I think with social media and streaming platforms, I think there's just a plethora of people that, that are out there, which is good in one way but there's competition in, the, in in another way. So talk about that a little bit and how you, how do you try to stand out a little bit so you get some more views versus like the thousand other people that are, you know, maybe doing indie pop as well. Yeah, it is an interesting time because like it is accessible to anybody to get into this now. I mean, you can just post you in your bedroom. You know, that's what I've been doing too. So anybody can get a little bit of traction and make a career out of this. But it is so much more saturated than it used to be because of that. There's much less of like a gatekeeping process for better or for worse. I think mostly for better. But there are those times when you're like, wow, like I'm just another voice in the millions of people who also have access to the exact same things that I do, which can be a little hard. But the way that I try to stand out is like a lot of people right now on TikTok have been posting their already produced demos that are like already kind of in the pipeline to be released and they'll just like kind of put lyrics over the screen or they'll lip sync to the already produced track and what's honestly worked for me more than anything else is just me and my acoustic guitar in my room with no mic or auto tune or anything no production just saying hey i wrote this yesterday and I don't know if this resonates with you but here's a verse yeah and that kind of candid nature of it has really gone well for me um and then i take 
you know, that momentum. And then I bring that song into the studio and produce it from there. And mm. I do realize that's a bit of a risk because the version people fell in love with is just the me and my guitar stripped down thing. But I would hope that it can translate into some production as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's just been, it's been cool. I've just been, you know, coming to it with an open mind and I'm surprised sometimes. And sometimes I'm let down, but other times I'm pleasantly surprised. Talk about your, your, uh, your songwriting process, because I know a lot of people, you know, have different processes and sometimes they maybe come up with the melody first and sometimes they come up with the words first. What is your process normally? Nine times out of 10, I'm coming up with the concept or a lyric first. I have this, you know, running notes app that it just is like title or line or like a small like stanza of something that kind of comes to mind in my daily life sometimes it's like when i'm in the grocery store and i like overhear somebody's fight with their wife or whatever and i'm like oh that's funny or you know i'll be watching a movie and i'll be inspired by something there or something will happen in my life and i'll jot down what i'm feeling and i bring in that running list into writing sessions with other people my co-writers and kind of like pick and choose a couple throw them out in the room yeah and if my co-writers resonate with them, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel that. I have a story about that. I've gone through that or whatever. Um, and that's usually where we go from there. So I'm I'm usually the one coming in with like, here's the concept I want to write about today and let's flesh it out. Yeah, that's that's a good process. I, I think I think sometimes too people people tell me that well they're sleeping and then all of a sudden they have an idea like a dream and they wake up and they they have to run to the you know the notepad or write it down or go to the piano and play it you know so I guess everybody's got their own process and you know I'm not a songwriter so I was, I'm always curious about how you come up with with words and, and lyrics. It doesn't always happen as easily as you want it to, um, but yeah. that's what the beauty of especially being here in Nashville when anyone down the street is a songwriter like my dentist is a songwriter the barista at the coffee shop is a songwriter you know there's so many of us trying to put things into words that there's got to be somebody here who can do it with you for sure for sure Uh, i want to uh, talk about some of your songs i know we were never friends and second coffee some of your new uh songs and shrink uh so talk about some of the you know songs that you have out there right now and i think you have a project uh coming out later this year right Yes. So Shrink is the first song off of that project. Shrink came out just about a week and a half ago on April 8th. Um, And that's been so fun because in the past, my past few songs have been more of like breakup pop songs about ending a relationship and like that really difficult process of seeing your ex for the first time or working through those feelings. And Shrink feels like a really cool evolution of that in a way that's, I've already done the morning, I've already done the processing, and I'm ready to move on. I've been waking up with heartache I'm sick of carrying you around Wish I was waking up with heart space But I'm claustrophobic, haunted, broken And I think I've been tying my own self down Can't make it disappear But I'll make it smaller till it isn't here I'm gonna open up my window Say it till I let Anything to make this heartbreak shrink Move out of your city Burn all of our memories Less of you means more of me So I'll do anything to make this heartbreak shrink Shrink There's so much room in this apartment You hated parties but I throw them out You liked my hair when it was longer So I chopped it off 
And I got tattoos And I look nothing like the person I was with you I'm gonna open up my window Say it till I And that's the phase I'm kind of starting this project with is Okay, we need to move on from this breakup What's next? Who am I as a person, as a solo person, as an artist, as somebody who now lives across the country? So it's been really cool um, to kind of, you know, evolve my narrative with this new project and add more elements of what people have heard from me before. It will still be all songs about my life and things that I've written, um, but I've brought in some new collaborators and songwriters and producers to push my sound forward. So I think it's it's a pretty cool marriage in terms of sonically between like, you know, kind of Julia Michaels raw writing, Taylor Swift like catchy chorus, um, and then like you get those moments of like Colby Calais singer songwriter like girl and guitar vibe still that's yeah. hidden in each track, which is really who I am in my soul. Does she take it black? So cool, I can never do that. Sounds like she's got everything together. And it must be getting serious if you can't even say hi. We promised that we'd get through this. Friends on the other side. So who's that second coffee for? Will you leave it at her door? Does that make her want you more like I used to when I loved you? Damn, you look so happy now. Guess I'm breaking up workout. Since you're here, you must have found someone new. Um, so it's been really fun to build this sound and I'm excited. The next one's coming in a couple of weeks and then the full project will be out in September or October. Now, I know you just kind of, you did a tour recently and, you know, talk about uh, supporting this new project. You know, are you going to go on tour again and uh, hit some cities out there? Absolutely. Yeah. Touring is my my main thing, honestly. Everything else I do is because I want to put it on stage or because I want to play it live. Um, so I always have tour plans in the works and this EP is no exception. So when this EP drops, it's likely going to be late September, early October. And I have, um, I've been working with my agent the last couple of weeks, actually. This is, isn't announced yet, but we can keep secrets here. <laughs> um, I'll be doing a, a headlining tour um, in the fall to support the EP. So that'll actually be a full band tour, nice. which I'm super stoked on. It'll be mostly Northeast cities, which is where I'm from. That's where most of my draw has been built. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do a Nashville show as well, uh, potentially another Midwest show. We'll have to see, but definitely a headlining tour to support the EP this fall. So I grew up in Rhode Island, and then I went to school at University of Delaware, and then post-grad, I was in the Delaware-Philly area for a few years before coming to Nashville. And I didn't really start pursuing music until post-grad college. So my first draw that I was building as a crowd was the Philly area, actually. So that's kind of like my quote-unquote hometown crowd is actually Philly, which I'm is funny. Very familiar. Um, I just moved it from there. I was there for the last no five way. years. No yeah. way. Oh, cool. So yeah, that was <laughs> like World Cafe Live was like my first headline venue. I mean, yeah. it's like, that's the place for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I because I grew up in Rhode Island and have family and friends still there, I usually actually tour Boston rather than Rhode Island. Sure. Um, that's the major city there, but bigger than Providence. And they have better listening rooms in Boston. Okay. And it's only an hour. Um, but, you know, my agent and I work on this all the time of how do we have a mixture of reliable markets that we've been to a few times where you physically know people by name and also like playing Indianapolis for the first time and you don't know if anyone's going to show up. And it's just trying to route a tour 
to still make a profit with those bigger cities that I've already built, but mixing in some of the ones that might be 20 to 40 people instead of 200 to 300. And like, that's okay. Because if 40 people come see me in Ann Arbor and I've never been to Ann Arbor in my life, that's a win. That is crazy that 40 people bought tickets. And that's what happened in February. We did a lot of new markets in February. Um, So it's, it's just mixing in, you know, the... (laughs) the ones that'll boost your ego and the ones that are humbling (laughs) and making sure that they balance out on the way. (laughs) Well, it's nice because, you know, social media, I think, can can reach so many different markets and you just never know what's going to hit. I mean, there might be a market that you're like, oh my gosh, I mean, how did that that city, you know, just all of a sudden take to my music. And, you know, the other thing I want to ask, I always ask all my artists that I interview, um, that there's one place, one venue uh, that that you you have a dream to play, no matter where it is. Uh, You know, what would that be? Red Rocks. Okay. I love Red Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, there's something about an outdoor amphitheater, especially chiseled in the side of a literal mountain. And it's like perfectly like, treated I guess acoustically or like with the acoustics in it it's like sounds incredible that is definitely my dream venue it's not Madison Square Garden I would love to play there of course (laughs) it's not like you know the Nissan Stadium in Nashville would love to play there for me like I know that I've made it when I'm at Red Rocks right yeah, just a, an amazing place. I think that's I, I get that a lot. <laughs> that answer a lot when I people bet. say that. Yeah, it's just a, it's a great place. I've I've never been there, but I've I've seen pictures and, and videos, and it just seems like an amazing place. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I ask people, and this is this is kind of a it's a deep question, but uh, you know when it's all said and done, after you've been you know touring and after you have all these these albums and. Uh, you know, when it's all said and done, what do you want? What, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to leave, leave your fans with? I guess the message, and um, mm. when you're, you know, years down the road, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? I really want people to make sure that they don't feel alone. Like I want them to hear my songs and be like, "Wow, I didn't think anybody else went through that." And Marielle did, and she's touring about it, and she's saying it on stage every night, and that gives me confidence to be able to do the same. Um, I feel like that's how I felt about my favorite artists too. It's like, oh, they're putting words to something that I felt, whether I didn't have the words or I was too afraid to say it out loud, somebody else is doing it with me and that is empowering. So I hope to do that too. And what advice do you have for other indie artists that are just getting started out there and, and maybe they're getting frustrated or maybe they want to quit or maybe they you know, they don't think they can do it? What, what, what um, I guess, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, um, Wow, lots of it. But I guess today I'll say that the industry, you know, you used to hear things like, just wait for your big break. Once you get your big break. And I really think that the industry now is not really about a big break. It's about a series of small breaks that eventually amount to something big. And it's hard to get discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged when you're, you're not seeing any reaction or numbers or whatever. But I, I remind myself too, like, 1,000 is more than 500. 3,000 is more than 2,000. And every single one of those people is a real person, most likely. Um, And that means I'm still reaching more people than I sought out to. Um, So I think just keep your head in it. Don't get discouraged. If you're proud of what you're making, somebody else will be too. It's a guarantee. There are so many people in this world. There's going to be people who love what you're doing as long as you're telling your truth and standing behind it, that's really all you can do. And really the people who make it are the ones who stay in it the longest. 
It's not necessarily the ones who are at 17 and get the big break. It's like the Brandy Carlisles who were in it for 25 years before mm-hmm. she got nominated for a Grammy. Like, I'm I'm 25. Like, that's my whole life she was in it before she got nominated. So right, right. I got plenty of time. But yeah, that's my advice. That's that's great. And well, so well said. And, and I, I couldn't have put it better. So, you know, thanks for that. Uh, I think sometimes hearing it from your peers out there, I think, is more powerful than hearing it from somebody who's been there already. So sure. um, and the other thing, I, I just want to let everybody know how to find you and how to get your music. And so tell everybody where they can locate you and if you have a website or, you know, social media. How do they find you? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everything is just under my name. So Marielle Craft. Hopefully it'll be written in the title of this, but um, M-A-R-I-E-L-L-E and then Craft with a K like the cheese. Um, and you can find me all over social medias. Anything you're on, I'm also on it. Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, anything you listen to, I'm on that platform too. Um, and lots of new music is coming, so follow along. I would love to see you at a show or online. That's awesome. Well, Marielle, I can't thank you enough for being on the show with us tonight. And I wish you nothing but success in your future. And we'll be listening for sure. Again, like I said, I'm a new fan. And I know Jessica, my daughter, is a huge fan of yours. Uh, So we'll definitely be listening. (laughs) So we'll be listening. But thanks again for joining us. No, thank you for having me. And thank you for giving voices to indie artists. It means a lot. Absolutely. It's our pleasure.